0: When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Everybody, welcome back. Thank you for listening today. I'm so glad you're here with me. And I'm so appreciative of all the feedback I'm getting about the podcast and all the questions you have for me and how different just scenarios you're going through with your children. And so keep sending them. I love hearing them and I love helping you. Like I told you before, um, you know, my mission is to help families thrive and not just survive when their child comes out. And so keep bringing them to me. Um, I just I get to work with so many families and I can't tell you what a privilege that is and how I'm such a better person being part of their story and just my small part of them and giving them another point of view is just, I just feel so privileged to be able to do this work. And that is what I'm going to talk to you today about is telling stories. And, you know, we all tell ourselves stories. And I'm not saying, you know, sometimes when we say tell ourselves stories, our mind goes to like, we're not telling ourselves the truth, but that literally is how our brain interprets the world is it looks and it like looks at everything that's happening and it creates a narrative about what is happening. And that is how we find logic and sense and safety in the story of how we, we see and tell things. And, um, you know, it's interesting since, you know, I grew up in a family of 10 children and I am number nine and like the story that even like, like the girls around me there, we call we were called the four little girls and we're all 18 months apart. And even their story is different from my narrative of how we grew up, even though we were very close in age and what, same high school, same house, same church, but all of us have very different stories and very different narratives. And it's just fun to see that, like, that is literally how our brains work. And what happens is, um, We really aren't even in control of the story we create, the narrative we create. And sometimes um, what I'm saying is we're not in control is our brains do this automatically. And sometimes we create really dangerous stories for ourselves. And it doesn't like our brain (laughs) chemically awards us when we create the story, whether it's accurate or not. It really is like once we're like oh that's the story then we get this chemical release and we're like okay so that's that's what's happening and that's not always just because how we interpret the facts isn't doesn't mean that's truthful or that it will serve us and you know a lot of times we look at things in a way that kind of brings us more pain more heartache more failure and we have some incorrect thinking in our narrative and how whatever narrative we create that then creates changes our energy meaning how we're interpreting life will create our narrative and our energy around that person because we all have i want you to think about all your relationships in your life and we're really going to focus on your lgbtq child today um but your story your narrative about that person directly affects how you treat and how they feel around you okay And I want you to think about when your child was um, born and when you first held that child, like, can you think back to the story that you were telling yourself about that child's life and think about all the dreams you had and the beautiful story that you told yourself and then compare it to that story, the narrative you told yourself when your child came out. I think I would really love for you to journal about these two different stories. And I want you to see the gaps and the differences. And if you changed at all with how you thought their story is. And what happens is we have to go through, um, and this is like Brene Brown's process, which I think is really interesting, which is reckoning, rumble and revolution. And the reckoning is the hardest part of it. And I realized like I have some work to do as a parent with all my children, but one, um, but I, I had a red flag come up the other day. My husband sent me a text of one of my child, one, of uh, car being wrecked. And we have a couple, um, you know, children with cars and I couldn't tell whose car that was. And I assumed it was one of my children's car. And so I text back, said, oh, are you kidding me? And he's like, oh no, no, this is the other child's car. And I was like, oh, okay. And I gave so much more grace in my thinking. And I was like, "Oh wow, I am like the narrative that I'm telling about the child who I thought car was wrecked is not serving me because I was feeling um, really some anger and some judgment about this." And then, same circumstance, car was wrecked, right? But I had a different thought and a different narrative when I thought it was a different child, and that gave me where I call reckoning, where I'm like, "Oh." I have like acknowledgement. So reckoning is like when you are like willing to like notice, like something's triggered, like, Oh, like you react to, a, to somebody's narrative, some incident in a negative way. And I was like, Oh, that came up. And then I want you to get curious with it. The first part is like you acknowledge like you're my emotion that came up was not the car that got wrecked. It was what I was saying about the child who was whose car I was wrecked. Right. And then when I realized it was a different child and had a different narrative, I realized, Oh, my narrative is not serving me about this child. Okay. And so sometimes when our children come out, we create this worst case scenario, this horrible like life they're going to leave. And that becomes our story for our LGBTQ child. And the problem with that is then you are operating from that narrative and from that story and it's not going to serve you. Okay. And so you have to get curious about it where you're just like, is it really true? Okay. What am I thinking that is causing me to feel this way? And like it really, and we're not naturally curious about our emotions. So you have to be willing to kind of feel what is going on with you and like Figure out like some people will, you know, that you're being triggered if you're on a thought loop about it, if you have to go eat carbs, um, if you have like you're like thrown off and you're, you see yourself kind of hurting other people, that is when you're like, oh, I've been triggered. And that's where you're like, OK, I have to spend some time here and question the story. And so really able to reckon it like and how I question it is like, how do I know this to be true? How, what I'm thinking, is it serving me? And how is it limiting? Like, if I continue to think this, am I limiting how I view it? Okay. And, you know, I know like I often do this where I go to my past evidence to continue writing somebody's new story. And in fact, I was talking to one of my children and um, they were in, in with one of their friends and they were shopping and they were telling me a story about something that was happening at work. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, drama just follows you wherever you work. And that my child, like, said, okay, Mama, I'm going to talk to you later. And they li- literally, like, text me as soon as I hung up said, I don't appreciate like you thinking that still about me. And I could tell that I actually had embarrassed them in front of their friend, which I felt really bad about. And I realized once again, Oh, that's part of the story. I think about this child where it isn't helpful. It is past evidence, but they are continuing to grow and evolve. My opinion of them is not continuing to grow and evolve, And so I need to spend some time questioning and seeing the narrative. And I love how um, Esther Corel said, she said, write often and edit well. And so we have to make sure we're still writing the story of our children's life and that we're editing it well. Okay. And, you know, I, three things that I really love is uh, how I do it is um, three points that I want you to consider if with your child's story, because you can't be in control how your child's life unfolds, but you do have agency of how you interpret their story and how you view their story. And three things that I want you to just kind of edit your brain about is the first one is, are you catching yourself making unfair assumptions about your child? Um, I was telling you about the the text stream, right? Where I was like, oh, this is this child messed up again, right? And that was an unfair assumption. It wasn't even about that child. And my brain went there. Like, that's how much our brain will look for evidence Like whatever we persist on will persist. And so our opinions about our children will continue to persist. Um, number two, is the story worthy of respect for your child? Like, how are you thinking about your child? Is it in a respectful way? And number three, do you find yourself explaining to others, like your child's behavior, why they're acting a certain way where you're kind of justifying their life choices? Okay. Those three things will make you, will not serve you as the parent of your child, Um, And it will create disconnection in your relationship. And what it really shows you is that you are trapped in a story about that child. And it is a story that isn't serving your child and isn't serving you. And it may be even, like I said, you might, some of it might be true. You have past evidence, but don't keep creating the new story from the past. And that is where you have to really slow down right off to the edit, okay? Because we get trapped in this like defeat of narrative, this predetermined destiny and um, foregone like conclusions of how it's going to happen. And we don't even know we're doing it, but we just create this like preconceived script of like how our child's life is going to go. And that's why I want you to think about when your child was a baby, you created a narrative, a script of how that child's life was going to go. When they came out, you probably that interrupted that script and that narrative. And that felt very painful. And your brain likes to go to all or nothing. Like, well, if it can't create this beautiful story that I created for my child when it was born, then it's going to go to nothing of like, none of the things that I think that my child will have is not going to be there anymore. And our brains do this because it's like trying to pre like protect us and prevent us because it's like, if it creates narratives to like, it's a painful place to kind of let a story unfold that's different from how we imagine. And so it's trying to protect us from those negative emotions. And really it is like letting like go of like, I, like I, one of my tips in creating a new story for my children is I am not the expert. I have no idea. Um, I could be wrong those three things help me write often and edit well. And it lets me like see the movie of my children's life unfold without me acting like I know that the ending of it. And it lets me like grow with my children and not keep pitching holding them and um, kind of editing them from how they were in the past. Okay. Because Every day they're writing new pages, new sentences, their life story is rich. It's like being, you know, developed as it goes. And sometimes I am a mom who stays in the past. And if you are feeling a little disconnected to your child, you probably have some defeating and some um, biased story that isn't serving you and you get to create a better story and This is like a couple questions I want you to ask yourself is like, what, if I was to say, okay, I want you to outline the life story of your child and tell me the chapters of your child's story in the past. And I want you to really see how you name the chapters in the book, like like toddlers, terror, terror of the toddlers, right? Um, You know, I was sitting with a friend the other day and, and um, her son was there and we were talking about what a terror he was as a toddler. And you know, what's so funny is like, it felt really true to us, but then as we were unfolding and talking about the story and I was actually seeing him like totally defeat, like hearing it, I also was like, he was an amazing toddler too. Like he was so smart and so inquisitive, but how we were telling it wasn't kind to him and wasn't even like kind to ourselves of how we were saying it. And so I want you to really like part of the story is examining how you're saying it in the past, like how you're viewing it. And I'm not saying we have to change the story. I'm just saying is how you interpret life in the past. Is it serving you today? Is it bringing you pain today? Or is it making you feel more connected to that child? And then the next step I want you to do is then now I want you to write the story from the future. Like what kind of chapters are you writing in your brain about their future? is it a happy ending? Is it a story of growth? Is it a story of groundhog's day? Like, are you thinking it's just going over and over? And, you know, is it all those chapters that you're thinking, is it creating the emotions you need today? And the emotions you need today is love for that child, connection, excitement, um, awe of that child, respect, respect, respect is a big one because sometimes we think we know better and that's how we show up. And the whole reason we do this is because we want to have wisdom and access to our children's story. And we want to like our children and because why do we want to like our children? Because if we like our children, then when they're around us, they feel that. They feel that energy and they want to spend time with us and they connect, want to connect with us. They will not enjoy the experience of themselves around us. If the narrative and the soundtrack and the story and how you're interpreting their life isn't a very negative, um, worry, fearful, if that book is filled with worry, negative, you think the story is going to end badly. And even if they're doing things like this, this is like if your child's not doing things that you agree with, This is the best work for you because this is where you're like, I could be wrong just because it was right for me in my life. Doesn't mean it's right for them. Those type of thoughts and those type of questions will help you edit and write a different story. And you know, you need to edit your child's story of how you're telling it, how you're interpreting it. If you have a lot of judgment and you think they're doing it wrong. Okay. You do not know if they're doing it right or wrong for them. You do not know what lessons they're supposed to be learning here in this life. You have a whole set of different things and lessons that Heavenly Father needed you to learn. And so you had different experiences. You had different parents. You had different siblings. Your life is different for a reason. And we like to, like, make sense of the life, like, we want them to have everything we have or have the things that we didn't have. And that is coming from a good intent, but it actually hurts us when we are thinking about the story for our children. And, you know... I like came when I was talking about um, the text, you know, where I was like, oh my gosh, like I am like, the story I'm telling about this child is creating, a, it is not serving me as the mom. And I came back to the thought of the story I'm telling about that child is they are not progressing. And when I finally found that thought that was creating a really painful, judgmental story, it freed me. Cause then I was able to question it and be like, Just because their, their life is different than looks different from mine, just because they're choosing different things that I have no idea if they're progressing. I have no idea. Like you really have to go and question your expert, how you're interpreting it. And what happens is when you do this, then you get understanding and compassion and love. And like I said, that changes the energy and your ability to like that child and to love that child. And that is going to trickle down with how that child feels around you. So I will put these questions that I went over in the show notes um, because I really want you to be able to spend some time and you know just ask yourself, is the story you're currently telling yourself about your LGBTQ child, is it serving you? and you know if it's serving you because when you think it and when you tell it to other people you talk about your child you're feeling love you're feeling hope you're feeling compassion you're in awe of that child you have so much respect but if it when you tell that story if it is if you are filled with judgment with worry with fear then that is a story that does not serve you and it needs to be edited and i those questions that i went over that will help you edit it and you will edit it and it will only serve and create more love in your relationship And that is what it's all about to help you thrive as the mom and as a family. All right. I love you. Have a great day. Go write amazing stories for each other. Help your brain interpret it in the best way so you could show up as the parent you want to be. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families come check out the coaching community Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out LiftedTogether.com slash membership.